you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. 39 seconds to go. Manning takes the snap, looks left, lobs it left, bursts is wide open, touchdown Giants! In the left corner of the end zone! With 35 seconds to go and the Giants regain the lead! Manning to Burris! David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Ah, oh, what a Super Bowl. The waning moments there. Super Bowl 42. Feels like eons ago, but a few things remain true. Among them, the Patriots are still good. And Eli Manning is still slinging it. It looks like he is on track to be the starter on opening day. I know a lot of people had questions about that. I thought that Daniel Jones would get it, but it sounds like now the Giants, the pass catchers and beyond buying in Eli's arm strength being diminished overstated this offseason, according to many who are firsthand witnesses there. And uh, a guy who was a firsthand witness actually was in the game, well, not just a uh, a bypasser, but actually uh, out on the field blocking it up there. Sean O'Hara coming at you in just a second here. Of course, we're going to talk about not just the Giants, not just Eli versus Daniel Jones and Saquon. We get into which is the better 26 in New York, Levy and Bell or Saquon Barkley, or who will have the better year. Uh, we dig in on the Philadelphia Eagles looking mighty, says Sean O'Hara. Upcoming here, don't want to give too much away. I will tell you, no jive uh, here in Studio 66. The interview is is complete, and it is, uh, it is grand stuff. We talk a little bit about the relationship of Odell Beckham with Baker Mayfield versus Eli Manning, and it sort of relates to uh, what went on with Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and how that looks for them. Nick Foles going down to Jacksonville, what it's like to play in a run first offense if you're an offensive lineman versus a pass first one. What else, Spaghetti? We covered a lot of ground, didn't we? Yeah, we went through a little bit of Browns talk, a little bit of Steelers, Raiders talk, uh, heavy Giants and uh, an Eagles, some NFC talk, uh, you know, deep dive on Eli and Dylan Jones, O-line play. 
Case uh, Keenum's name is floated. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, it's a it's a if you like football, basically, I think you're going to like this uh, this uh, conversation. And of course, as we always are presented by Zaxby's famous chicken fingers, wings and salads. Go get you some just like Spaghetti and I did when we were down in Nashville, Tennessee around the draft. It's uh, it's uh, oh tender vittles, you know, I like the to me. The fingers. I really, I, I love the, I love wings, but the fingers really uh, dynamite. There, as there. Uh, yeah, as someone who's a member of the thick cast, uh, to hear that Zaxby's is our uh, sponsor again for it's uh, exciting. For, I mean, so exciting. Uh, the food was great. You uh, need to get a salad, man. I, I did, I did have a salad when we were down in Nashville uh, one day, and I need probably a lot more. Uh, very tasty yet healthy. I hope that we get another trip to Zaxby's soon. I, I got to find what's the closest Zaxby's to where we are right now. Maybe we'll do like a, a road trip video. Oh. They'll love that. Go to the website, man. That's yeah. it. Yeah, we do need a road trip to, to Zaxby's. That'd be a good idea. All right. Let's take a uh, a journey now on the road to Super Bowl. I don't know. I think that I might be stepping on some trademark stuff by calling it the road to Super Bowl, whatever. But anyhow, let's keep it with our pal, shall we? Here he comes, everybody. Sean O'Hara. All right, everybody. Studio 66, always a little bit brighter when this guy shadows the door. Of course, a Super Bowl ring on his figurative finger. He doesn't wear it because he has dignity. I don't like those when, when, when the fellas walk around with that bobble on their hand. It's ridiculous. It's, you know? in, it's in the vault. It, it comes out on special occasions, Giants events, um, and then obviously Super Bowl week. But, yeah, you, you don't just it's – not, it's not an everyday thing. You don't want it to lose its luster. Conversely, now that we're on the other side of another Hall of Fame, induction i always tell those guys that thing needs to come out all the time if you're if you have a gold jacket in your closet why is it uh, under plastic for special occasions you wear it out to dinner once a week standardly you know, and they give you two anyway get one for weekly use and the other one you keep pristine yeah i mean listen it's not like a varsity letter jacket in high school you don't rock it to the movies you don't rock it everywhere i i feel like the hall of fame jacket's kind of in the same category as the masters you don't wear mm. the green no. jacket you actually you can't even take it off premise in, incorrect um, incorrect by the way i should introduce him he's the wall of famer here uh giant and of course a uh, cleveland browns legend at sean o'hara ironically enough Thank you. Thank you for that applause. Studio 66 kind of brings me back. I was 66 in high school. Hmm. I was 66 in college. And, um, you know, my dad started buying me, like, the Route 66 mugs and shirts and kind of that was like kind of like the, the joke, like Route 66. Oh, yeah, follow It's funny. Well, you see the 66 is on the wall there for not a football player, but yeah. for Mario Lemieux. I, I uh, submit that it should be retired at least in the NHL, if not for all the sports. Why, why try to follow those footsteps? Or yeah, it's a skates. great number. When I came to the Browns, um, Jeremy McKinney was 66, so they gave me 60, and then I made mm. the team, and then I was like, I don't want to switch numbers now. I made the team. It was 60 kind of worked for me. Then when I came to the Giants, deal was 66. And uh, so I just. You have a pretty nice range, except the numbers tend to be kind of ugly. 50 up to 79 available for NFL offensive linemen. What would you say is the best? 66? I think 60. I like the double numbers. Like 77 is kind of cool. 55 is really cool. I, I would have taken 50. Um, 50s kind of neat to yeah. pay homage to Mike Singletary. He was kind of one of my childhood heroes growing up. Hmm. Um, but I, 60s really just kind of grew on me. Obviously, I have an O in my name and the zero with the number. There was Ooh. some alliteration there. Yeah. Um, so, oh, you could also go double zero like Jim Otto did. Right. Yeah, that's kind of would o- be nice. Is Otto Graham? 
Otto Graham was also double zeros, right? Was uh, I? Was he, I think, or was he sixty? He was. Yeah. yeah no, he, you're right. He was sixty. All right, I'm getting right, confused yeah. now. But then when he got to the NFL, he went to a more conventional. Yeah, number. I think which is funny because I, I remember like my second year with the Browns, like I, I walk in and someone's wearing a sixty jersey in the stadium. I'm like, oh my gosh! And then I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's not for me. It was. It's the legend. Uh, you know what? While we're while we're in this realm of legends and all that sort of thing, I want to talk about the 2019 New York Football Giants. And in fact, Ryan Khalil, an offensive lineman like yourself, uh, who yeah. moved around. If you, back could, with if the you Jets could do now. like a side by side visual, we might be related. Khalil it, and I. Now that you, you say that, that's people right. People tell us all the time. It was like me, Jeff Saturday, Ryan Khalil. We were like the triplets, uh, and they would always butcher our names and think we're the same person. And I'm like, no, we're you know just another chubby white guy with a beard. Uh, but yeah, Khalil's—he's—he's a, he's a good buddy of mine. We uh, hmm. we were in the Pro Bowl together a couple of years when he was down in in Carolina. Um, we were both the, the Pro Bowl center, so we got to spend a little time together. And a great dude. How love, love I, him. well? How hard is that to come out of retirement and all that kind of stuff to jump in with the? It's a weird move, right? Well, These guys. Remember Russ Francis doing that? I'm sure yeah. you're, you're even too young to remember Russ Francis, the great tight end. Yeah. He retired and then he reemerged where he wanted to. He retires from the Patriots and then how's that? Is that like nominally? I wonder if you can do just like yeah, I'm retired. Couldn't couldn't. Uh, Last year, Levy and Bell been like, yeah, I'm actually retired now. And yeah. then like, oh, yeah, you know what? I've decided to come out of retirement. Well, for, for Ryan, it's interesting because he was battling some neck injuries in mm -hmm. Carolina, and that was kind of why he missed some time. So to, to your question, are you in shape? Like, that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. Now, for Khalil, he was never really out of shape. He was a pretty athletic center and was never really overweight, not, you know, not, not a huge, massive guy. He's not a guy that's going to blow up to 320 pounds when he retires. But – you know, if you've already retired and your mindset is, all right, I'm done, and then you get a call. I mean, number one, he just signed a contract for $8.4 million. So you say, yes, I can play. I'm coming back. I'll find a way to get in shape mm -hmm. for that kind of number. But I think for him it's really, has he been training? Has he been working out saying, you know, I'm going to stay in shape just in case a great offer shows up or something happens? If you've been doing that, it's a no-brainer. But if you've literally been, you know, eating Cool Ranch Doritos and living the good life and, and you know, cheers in the champagne of beers, Miller High Life uh, every day. That's your choice, huh? It gets a little, it gets a little hard to, to jump back in the saddle. But does he feel obliged to pick up the phone and just say to the Panthers, like, just so you know? If you want to try and meet that or come anywhere close to that, my loyalties remain with you. Well, he may have had some loyalty with that but until they signed Matt Paradis. Because, um, you know, once they've moved on from that, I think you're free and clear and ready hmm. to rock. All right. Good stuff. Now, let's uh, – so I say legends, your, your two teams. Let's do those real quick here. We've been uh, doing a little exercise over the last couple of weeks. You can take any player – out of franchise history and plug them into the 2019 roster. Let's start with the New York Giants. Beginners level stuff is if you take a Hall of Famer, and obviously I don't know you're going to do any better than Le than Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you could, uh, not only because of the, fin I mean, the best defensive player to ever play the game, but it's also a position of need. Exactly. For the right. That that's so an, an that's obvious. A, that's one. a slam dunk. Give I mean, me a non Hall of Famer. A non Hall of Famer. I mean. Give me, give me Harry Carson or Carl I, Banks. I, it's exactly what you I know, told I mean, Spaghetti. That, Carl that, Banks. That defense jumps right out at you. And, and, and when you look at the Giants have really struggled. I mean, not since Antonio Pierce have they really had, you know, just a dominant three-down linebacker. So um, those would be a couple guys that, that, that I would pluck. Um, 
Yeah, with Saquon, you're, you're good at running back. I mean, Tiki Barber was unbelievably productive his last three years. Um, you know who I said, too? I, I, he, Dave, uh, Dave Meggett. Ooh, that's a fun one. That you know, we said Devin Hester for the Bears because if you plug in a guy who can break a game with a with yeah. a, a punt return yeah. and you have a dominant defense, you're going to yeah. win an extra couple of games. I mean, if you put Devin Hester on that defense with how many takeaways they had, I mean, he returned the opening kickoff in the that's Super right. Bowl back for a touchdown. So, but are we just staying sticking? But with the I Giants said, here, I, see, I said Carl Banks, and then I and then Spaghetti threw out like uh, I, I think you said uh, about 60, 65 names, and then I said, you know who the right answer is? It's Sean O'Hara. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that'd be pretty low on the uh, on the list. <laughs> Not for me, friend. I don't even know if I'd be on the legend list. Eli would like it because he'd have his French fry man back. Sure, yeah. Saturday uh, night French uh, fry uh, delivery guy. Among other things, how about a little under the radar guy? How about Jeff Eagles? Okay, that's Bring fun. Him back because field position. I mean, he, nobody was better at downing punts inside the twenty. I mean, he was automatic. Um, that 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 could be big. Uh, other, I hadn't considered punters, other but that's a, I mean, that could help some teams legitimately. You mentioned Evan Ingram when we were talking before, and he's a stud. But who wouldn't want to see Mark Bavaro? Oh yeah, back in there. I mean, Gronk Bavaro, before Gronk, right? Shockey, um, that would that that would be some uh, some interesting lightning rods. All to, right, let's skip back. the Browns and let's instead talk about your Giants. The state of them right now. You're doing preseason football. You're calling yeah. the games for the Giants. I saw you on TV last week with uh, with the great Madeline Burke. In fact, you mentioned Evan Ingram, and I've talked with Madeline about this too. Evan Ingram and I have teamed up on an important cause for anybody who I'm not a Giants guy, but you know uh, I have a big heart. I'm an empath, you know. Yeah. And I'd like to see for Spaghetti for you the Giants do nicely. The big trick is Saquon's great, but we got to keep him grounded a little bit. We can't let him get a big head. He's the best running back in pro football, I say already. So we don't want him to get an outsized ego. There have been issues with that. Some would say in that Giants locker room the last no, half dozen no, years. No one would say that, but yeah, I heard that that he's got an ego. Not about Saquon. I said oh. that, that's been an issue that oh, some people okay. have said that there that yeah. there at least used to be a big ego guy in that locker room. Other people say no, that's incorrect. But anyway, yeah. that's not the issue. Look at the deep breath. Look at the deep, the fresh breath. Everybody in August is feeling so you, good. I love you preface this with this. This is a very important cause. It is an important yes. cause to do this. Evan Ingram is decided he's going to have a ping pong tournament. And he says that he can humble Saquon by defeating him soundly in ping pong. I said, you know what? Saquon likes to talk stuff about how he's great at connect four. I'll give him his come up. It's in four. Now, Sean O'Hare, you are the link. You can make it all happen. When you're out there next, I want you to set up a Connect Four board. I'll do my best. Then you hit FaceTime. Right. You call Damashek in Los Angeles, and we'll just FaceTime from uh, from both sides of Football America, and we'll see who's the best. All right. I, I probably have a better chance of getting the Connect Four uh-huh. agreement as opposed to the ping pong, just because, you know, like guys in training camp, they want to be off their feet. They want to rest. So the Connect Four definitely That's the way to go. to that a little bit. I, I'm not good at ping pong but anyway. Do we know if there's a Connect Four in the Giants, uh, you know what? Lounge, I'll, the players. Lounge? I'll spend the ten bucks. Oh, we'll have to. We'll have to find that. I'll spend out. the ten or, bucks or for I'll it. I'll just bring. I'll just steal my sons. I'll, I'll bring that in. So hopefully, it's not a child's game, you know. But I, I know I, you got to imagine Saquon would be pretty damn good at ping pong, though. I mean, he's already. You said you want to keep him grounded. I mean, he's already right there. He's already lower. He's got the quickness. It'd be pretty hard to. Be pretty hard to get him going side to side and and struggling with that change of now direction. we have now we have Ryan Khalil wearing the green. 
The new green, in fact, yeah. which looks kind of good. The more I see it, the more I like it. Although they need a white face mask, not a black one. That that was a bad choice. But I, I otherwise, I kind of like the new look. Um, it's like a stealth green more than a gang green, right? Okay, I don't really see the distinction, but okay, like it's stealth. Like, it's like yeah, like you know, like the stealth is a little bit darker, like like a little more camouflage, like a little bit blacker. That's, no, I, I think, think it's, it's more I, of a blackish green than like a, the bright. Normal I don't know if I green. see it that way. Yeah, but, they should have worn the Freeman McNeil green, the Ken O'Brien yeah, green. Was, that was, but I but this one's kind of sparkly on the hat and everything. Yeah. Either so, way, who who in on New Year's uh, New Year's Eve 2019? Who do we look back and say now that 26 in New York carrying the football had the better year? Saquon or Lev Bell? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Saquon. I think Saquon is more explosive. Le'Veon Bell has definitely had a lot of great production. Right. But when you look at the 91 catches that Saquon just had last year, he set a franchise record um, for, for – I think it was an NFL record, actually, for, for rookie receptions. Um, the impact that he's going to have in the game, I think he has more explosive power than Le'Veon Bell. I don't think Le'Veon's going to give you as dynamic and explosive plays that Saquon will. But I also – I think the Giants' offensive line will be better than the Jets' offensive line. Now, they, the Jets got Kalichio mm. Simile in, in that mm-hmm. trade. They signed Ryan Khalil, as you just mentioned. So that's two immediate upgrades at the center and the left guard. But I think I think the tackles are still TBD. And I think Kelvin Beecham has done a good job. He's been a very good, solid left tackle in the league for a while. Um, Brandon Shell at right tackle has shown a lot of promise. He's got a lot of power. But I just I don't know what that offense looks like for a running back with Adam Gase. Adam Gase is is more he mm-hmm. wants to throw the ball. He wants to air it out. So I'm curious to see how Le'Veon Bell fits in this offense and how many touches they actually do give him. Um the other factor I'll throw in there with a the young quarterback, defenses play you differently. I remember even in Eli's second year, we saw more blitzes. We saw a lot more variety because they want to know is this young buck has he have it does he have it figured out? Khalil is going to actually help out with that. How about how symbiotic of a relationship is this? Both Trojans, all right? You got a USC guy now snapping to a USC quarterback. Hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool, but I think that's part of the reason why they signed Khalil. Mentally, he can help Sam out. His eyes, he's going to be able to read the defense, help him out with what he's seeing. So I, I think that should help out. But I, I'll, I'll take Saquon in, in, in the comparison between him and Lev Bell. I think it goes without saying, I, I as I concede to you pretty much every time we ever talk about offensive linemen, I am not one of the pretentious masses who pretends that I understand which 300-pound uh, man leans good on other uh, giant-sized human beings. But I, I think it goes without saying that you want a one-cut runner if you're an offensive lineman. It's a, it's an easier spot to be put in. How Do, do those guys have to adjust to Lev Bell's style? And also, it seems to me, watching Levy and Bell the last time he was out on a, a football field I was watching how the Patriots kind of played him and they a lot of backside pursuit and Le'Veon Bell stands there sometimes on the backfield like with yeah. the football in his hands yeah. and you can kind of chase him down a little bit is that going to be an issue are they built to be able to let Lev Bell be that uber patient kind of like I might come to a complete stop before I uh break for a hole is I mean how how yeah. hard we, is that you know we've labeled Le'Veon the most patient runner mm-hmm. in the league and here's why he's been able to do that. He's had one of the best offensive lines. I mean, for the last every year that Le'Veon was in Pittsburgh, he had a top five offensive line. So that enables you to be patient. That will help this Jets offensive line because 
There's nothing more frustrating than a running back that just takes the ball and just runs and just he doesn't wait, doesn't set. Oh, so I'm, I'm, I so I said it upside down then. Well, I, I think they. You don't have to hold your block as long as what was my was the premise of my they thought. They both help their offensive lines in different ways. I think Saquon being explosive, he can you know he can help you out because he can hit the hole so fast and he can run away from guys. He can make guys look pedestrian, make them look like they're standing still. We saw him doing it against Jacksonville in week one, and he did it throughout the entire season. He has that ability to make that guy miss. So as an offensive line, man, if you do mess up and you leave an unblocked guy, Saquon's going to make him miss anyways. Le'Veon Bell has a little bit of that, but Lev Bell has been more patient, but he's also been – it's been more of zone blocking. So, you know what, I'm going to let the play develop, press a press a hole, and then to your point, cut back. So different styles of runners. I think Lev Bell will make them better, just like Tiki Barber made us better because he had great vision. He understood if the defense was – over pursuing a play, he could put his foot in the ground and cut against the grain. He understood all of that. Saquon is getting to that point. Um, but I, I think for Le'Veon Bell, the challenge really is just going to be, like I was saying, a lot of his big runs came later on in the game because Pittsburgh was patient with the run. They were going to give him 20 carries. They were going to let him figure it out. And the first 12 carries maybe didn't get a whole lot. Maybe it was three yards a carry. And then all of a sudden you pop the big one. And that's what boosts your your average per carry. It is interesting, just as a side note. I, you know, obviously uh, goes without saying. Grew up watching uh, the Steelers, and that I it it's no wonder that fans people always say like, "Oh, blue collar town really loves the rugged style of that." I I would submit that uh, you know people in Jacksonville enjoy that if it's leading to wins just sure. as much as anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think the people in Miami enjoyed the '70s Dolphins grinding it out with Larry Zonk well, and Jim Kick. What's funny about that is like who led the league in passing yards last year? I don't know who Steelers. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. that is funny that so, nobody, uh, nobody seems to acknowledge. Like, right. hey, by the way, they not, they don't run it as much as they no, that Steeler football. Ben, ben that threw stuff. more passes last year than any quarterback in the league. But even with Cower and to some degree with Tomlin, it is it, it is satisfying just from a fan because we live vicariously, obviously, through the physical deeds, and it's a, such a physical sport. It must be satisfying as an offensive lineman when you start to feel like with with a Zeke Elliott type or a, a Levian Bell or, you know, uh, you know, I'm thinking of kind of Jerome Bettis uh, a generation ago. It must be satisfying when it turns to the fourth quarter and you're up three and you're like, yeah, we're, we're not going to give them the ball back. We're just going to grind them. That's a wrap. And there's nothing they can do. Three yeah. yards at a clip, uh, Woody yeah. Hayes style kind of thing. It's so frustrating and you must be able to feel the air go out of the joint when you're on the road and you're like, like they, these fans are so anxious, they want the ball back, and we're but we're not going. To, we're just going to grind you real they know, slow. They know that that that's it. It's almost like when you have that run game, it's like having Mariano Rivera. All right, to, to the Yankees fans, when Enter Sandman starts is playing in the stadium, you know that's a wrap. All right, well, you know what? Guess what? Everybody wanted to watch Mariano Rivera, but everybody also left. Because when, when Mo came in, it was like, all right, I'm beating traffic. We're getting home early because that's it. It, it. He was he was going to close the game. Do you suppose? Out. I mean, you were you were on the the rugged style. I mean, Eli made some big plays in in big spots to to make the difference. But they you know they fit that like you, know, you guys fit that physical style. Do you think it's more satisfying for for the muckers, the guy at the the guys at the line of scrimmage, to be on that kind of team or to be on a team that just smokes you via 
you know, just outscoring anybody. Like if you're if you're on Dan Fouts's Chargers in 1980, or even I guess Patrick Mahomes' yeah. Chiefs, do you do you feel like it's easier to get buy-in from guys if you just say, and if you're the coach and say, we're just going to grind, we're going to physically impose our will on all that jive that you hear. I mean, maybe it's not jive. I mean, maybe that's uh, how not, you get. Those it's guys. not jive, but listen, it, it definitely takes its toll. It's hard to do that 16 weeks in a row, just grind on it because you're grinding on yourself too. But just take, for, for example, look, look at the Chiefs-Rams game, all right? Total shootout. I mean, the best game of the year, right? It won an SP oh, for best of game. the decade at least, right? But you score on those biggest post games plays, and also now it's like, hey, we, we played 90 snaps in this game because it was a track meet. Well, look, I would rather have 65 plays and we're grinding the heck out of you. That's, that's less wear and tear on your body. But even the Chiefs lost to the Patriots because – the Patriots got the ball back and went down and scored. It was whoever had the ball last. If you have that run game, you can close it out. You're going to win more games. Case in point, I was just talking to David Tyree about it. 2008, that was the most fun I've ever had in a football season. Hmm. We started out 11-1. We were, I mean, we were just smoking fools. I mean, we had Earth, Wind, and Fire, Brandon Jacobs, mm-hmm. Ahmad Bradshaw, Derek Ward. We were just thrashing people. And my favorite game was against the Carolina Panthers. It was basically for the number one seed. We were the two best teams in the NFC. I think Derek Ward had 200 yards rushing. It went into, I think, double overtime, and he rattled off some this big run uh, to basically seal the victory for us. But we rushed for, I think, almost – I mean, it, it was 200-plus. It might have been close to 300 yards rushing. That was one of the most gratifying wins because we just mashed them. And – you know what? Look, I remember talking to Eli. He was like, he's like, I had the best seat in the house. I just got to hand the ball off and then watch you guys work and grind it out. I think every quarterback loves to run that two-minute offense and have to make that big throw, the game-winning throw. Um, it's more inclusive. It's, it makes sense fun, on a human level that you would enjoy doing that more. But th- that's football. That, that's football at its purest level. When you can literally just – it's like ground and pound in the MMA. When you literally just get somebody on the ground and they just – they're they not, not going to get up. You're not going to let them out. You just make them tap out. I think that that's where all that rhetoric and all that kind of all that uh, stuff that veers into into almost hokiness, like you know, the game of football well, is about who can impose. Right. Come out and play. Everyone has a plan until you come who, out, punch him in the in the mouth. And all who's that kind done of stuff. a better job of portraying that than NFL films? Like when you see, when you hear that voice and the music starts coming, what's the first thing that you see? You see weather. Mm-hmm. And so to your point about why is Pittsburgh, like we're this blue-collar town, same when I played with Cleveland, a lot of it's because of the weather. You better have a run game if you want to win games at home in Pittsburgh in December, right? You better have the bus. You better have somebody that can just turn up because you might get a mutter. You might get, uh, you know, six inches of snow, and you're going to have to run the ball. You can't throw the ball 45 times. You don't think of, you know, the Atlanta Falcons when they were doing the Dirty Bird and Jamal Anderson. You didn't think of them as like a power running team because they were in, inside. The greatest show on turf. They were indoors. Like you didn't think of them as I, we're going to grind you. That's up. exactly because the conditions were not a factor. It's it it's true. And we talked to Andrew Hawkins last week about this, and I said, really, after all, twenty years, no one really has solved what it is Belichick's doing because you can't apply it to any of the thirty-one other franchises. You can't just mi- mimic what they're doing. Right. It's unsolvable, and it's all very fundamental. And Hawkins said what I have always broadly just kind of hypothesized. They don't marry themselves to any identity. Their identity is we are chameleons. And on some level, 
I think it's hard. I think you look at it and it feels like smoke and mirrors on some level. Like what, who do they, who are the guys besides Brady and Belichick? Everything else is, I mean, you know, the, the Gronk uh, era was grand yeah. and, you know, yeah. Richard Seymour was a high end player, but you know, and, and, and Willie McGinnis, obviously a dominant guy who belongs in the hall and Teddy Bruschi, a great career, but you know, really it's, it's a lot of interchangeable parts and it really has to do with that. But I find that I, I'm not diminishing the dynasty, but it is vaguely unsatisfying, but it's the right way to do it, right? It's like, we'll do it any way you guys want to do it. You know, I guess there's the yin and yang of that. It's For you, it's vaguely unsatisfying, but to me, it's even more remarkable that it's they, can, impressive. They, they can morph. And you say chameleon. You know, I mean, let's let's put it in, in 21st century terms. They, Brady and Belichick, they're basically in an open relationship. Like <laughs> I said, they're not monogamous. We're not married to this style of winning. We see it every year, right? They, they start out, they're a good team. In November, they'll have like a three-week span where they're the best rushing team in the NFL. They, all of a sudden, they just come out and they go three tight ends and they just, I mean, they started a few years back with the, against the Indianapolis Colts. They said, you can't stop us. In two week, two games in a row, they just bludgeoned them. And you say, okay, man, we got to we gotta pack up. Now all of a sudden, they're running the football and then they spread you out and they just dice you up. They, there's so many different ways to beat you and they will find a different way week in and week out but I love that, man, in November and December, they they go back to the roots. They go back to the Lombardi-style football, you know, the student body right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they just basically play smash mouth football. The one thing that is consistent about the Patriots, and it's why they're in the AFC Championship game every year, why they're in the Super Bowl almost every year, they don't lose the battle of the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball. When's the last time you saw their defense just get dominated? Well, and but consistently, but that in spite of the in spite of the line wise, them get dominated. But then they, they always win. But again, but then they let that Nate Solder moves on. Giants spend heaps of loot on him. Oh, right, well, well, you know, then we'll, do well, we'll draft Brown. the guy. Well, yeah, but we'll yeah, we'll we, draft we, Isaiah Witt. Oh, he's right. out for the year. Well, then yeah. they're, they're uh, Brady's going to get it this yeah. year. He's not going to feel safe this year. Well, no, no matter. They just keep yeah. on doing it. They adapt. Uh, it, it, it really is bizarre. They must and, be really good at Connect Four. I, I think you're being a wiseacre, but you know what? Just as I don't uh, talk about offensive line stuff that I don't understand, maybe you should. Yeah, uh, you lost us all lead. when you said offensive linemen lean on people. That's that, that's, that's what that, you do. Uh, that's what we do. We lean on people. You are you push it? Yeah, there's no leg drive. There's no there's no physics. It's just leaning. I'm pushing at you. Uh, you know all that stuff. <laughs> Whatever you do, what, what, I'm supposed to evaluate that. How could I do that no. five times over on a play? I don't know. I'll please, listen to you. Please don't. Yeah. That no yeah. right. It's exactly yeah. you don't want me stepping yeah. on your toes. I uh, no. you Baldy. There are a yeah. handful of guys I yeah. turn to. Ross Tucker, like those. I'll I'll take your word for it. You that, tell me, and then I'll go with that. That'll get you kicked out of the old line room real quick. You step on someone's foot. <laughs> I mean, someone's going down. <laughs> it, 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 that's that's why we do walk. You guys step. Let's on. Let's not step on each other's foot because no. a three hundred thirty pounder stepping on your foot. That's mashed potato. I know. Well, the yeah. you guys step on the quarterback's feet more than the the other way around. You could identify the offensive lineman on a team by just looking at their toes because offensive linemen are missing toenails. They've got black toenails because you just, you get stepped on. It happens. Hmm. Uh, I could talk about that stuff all day. Just very quickly. Best offensive line right now. Steelers. Is that right? It seems like that's the, the collective um, uh, stuff I keep hearing. Cowboys. What were that two years I would ago? Put, people? I, I would put Philly in there. Uh, still Philly. I think Philly with Brandon Brooks. He's coming back from the Achilles with him healthy, uh, Troy uh, Sayamalu. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at left guard. He Lane looks like Johnson and Jason Peters is still dominant. Jason Peters is still playing at elite level, and they just drafted this kid, Andre Dillard. They moved up into the first oh, round right. to get him. So, I mean, there's a chance he could end up being in there. I think he, I think Philly is right up there. He seems like Andre Dillard. Talking to him for five minutes was enough to convince me. He's one of those, like, classic offensive lineman types. So he's super smart. And yeah. it comports himself almost like he's a military man. Like, hello, nice to nice to meet you, and uh, whatever. And I, you can tell, like, he flips a switch and gets real mean. Well, I think actually that's what they're waiting. They they want to see that. They want to see that mean streak from him. They want to see him get physical. And and the tough thing is, you know, watching film on him before the draft. It, I don't think I saw a run play. That was well. They, yeah, they know, all they I mean, did was throw at Houston. Yeah, so. I mean, they just they, they you didn't see him fire out. He was in a two point stance. The the only time he put his hand in the dirt was to tie his shoe. So that, that that's something that they're still TBD. We've talked about it this off season. The thing that the only thing, as far as I can tell, that uh, would would hold down those Eagles is Carson Wentz feeling too much pressure. I I feel like the weight of the world, even with that contract is still on his shoulders. And even if he goes 14 and two, the locals are still going to be like, do it in January. So that's a fair amount of pressure. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I think, I think the pressure loaded. on him is really more just to stay healthy. It's not about also performance. True, right. You know, I mean, I was at training camp a couple of days ago. Carson looks unbelievable. I mean, Everybody keeps saying that, but, he, he but the whispers so good, not just with the, I mean, the, when he throws a ball, I mean, it, it's, it's fun to watch. You, you can't, you're almost mesmerized because Hmm. He, the, his release is so quick. He's almost got like an Aaron Rodgers-like release, but he's so stoic back there. But the ball's coming out so quick. Um, so he's in year three now, and, and uh, I think this could be uh, – I think he's going to have a great year. I mean, the health is just the big factor. That's the only reason – that's really the only knock you could say on Carson right now is that he just hasn't stayed healthy. But, but he's also a human being, and, and I, I'm sure like any other – first string quarterback in the NFL, especially one who has been uh, uh, sort of validated by a hundred million dollars. Um, this is how much confidence we have in you. It also goes against the fact that in late December and January, the whispers were kind of out there that, uh, Oh, the coaching staff. Yeah. They know Carson Wentz is the better talent, but Nick Foles runs our offense better. Um, yeah. See, I don't, I don't buy into that whole, theory that that Nick Foles runs the offense better it, it was just different um and I think Carson just is, had a little bit of a different relationship when Nick Foles came in at quarterback all of a sudden Alshon Jeffrey emerged all of a sudden the ball was going outside the numbers when Carson's in there he attacks the middle of the field a lot better and a lot more than Nick Foles did so they're two different but I think from a number standpoint and everybody's locked on fantasy football. So they're going to, they're going to grade Carson Wentz by how many points he gives him them in, in the fantasy world. I think when you look at what the Eagles have done this off season, they're actually, they might actually be deducing his fantasy numbers by mm. trading for Jordan Howard and drafting Miles Sanders in the second round. That to me says we're committing to what got us in the Super Bowl two years ago, that one-two punch of LeGarrette Blount mm-hmm. and J.H.I. That was, it was, run that was obvious that that was what they were missing. Going in, back to what we October, talked about before, right. can you run the football right. in November, December? Can you close out games? They're committing to that by what they've done in the offseason. I completely agree with that. Now the Zeke issue, we'll see how that resolves itself if it does at yeah. all. But this opens to me, is, and we've been talking about it. It's not because I'm talking to you. I I get the questions about the defense. Um I think the Giants can be players, but weigh in now because as of two months ago, all of a sudden it was like, oh, Eli doesn't have his arm anymore. His arm's gone. And now in camp, Eli looks great. Who, who said that? 
There were the spaghetti. I'm not making that up. Spaghetti is my Giants whisperer. Yeah. No, they're just, they just some beat writers so, that were kind of mocking how, right, the art of the like, throws. You know, that, that's the mob mentality. People say, well, the Giants are terrible. I, I, ask, every, I ask anybody that says that, do, if you've watched the New York Giants the last two years, has quarterback been the reason why they've lost games the last A lot years? of people say that. Okay. Well, a lot of people say a lot of crazy things. And a lot of people don't really know football. They don't study football. They watch football. But it's never been a question about Eli's arm. It's been, can he stay upright? You know what the percentage is of completed passes when you're on your back? Zero. So yeah, Mahomes could probably do it. <laughs> he could do it without looking. Um, but it's Eli's arm has not been an issue. You know, two years ago, they start out 0-4. They lose some awful games. They lose on a 61-yard field goal to Jake Elliott. Uh, against Philly. They lose an awful game down in Tampa Bay because Cameron Brait beats Landon Collins one-on-one. So they start out 0-4. But people forget that year in training camp, the Giants had gone to the playoffs the year before, lost to Green Bay. They signed Brandon Marshall in the offseason. Um, a couple other guys they picked up. They were talking about Super Bowl. Yeah, that got sideways that fast. It was like the in greatest collection five, of receivers ever. They're playing the Chargers. Both teams are 0-4. The Giants lose all three receivers in one game. Brandon mm. Marshall hurts his ankle. Sterling Shepard hurts his ankle. And Odell breaks his leg. They lo- they lost their three. That was it. The season was done in week five. It was a wrap. They lost that game. They ended up being 0-5. And that wasn't on Eli. We sat we sat here a year here, ago. Here's the thing that I also contest to people. You want to challenge Eli Manning's arm, but yet we're going to talk about Odell Beckham the amount of yards and catches he's had his first five years in the league. All right. Some of the best numbers in the history of this game. Who was throwing him the ball? Ten. We're not going to give Eli credit for Odell Odell's doesn't seem stats. like he wants to. <laughs> Odell doesn't want to give him okay, any credit right. for it, it but seems. My, my point is, Eli, it's never been about his arm. Circling back on that, I, I, I was at training camp. He, he looks great. The ball, and, and to me, the big difference I see right now as, as opposed to this point last year the ball is coming out quicker. It, the offense looks more authoritative, even without Odell. Um, they were going to have a hard time re- replacing the production that Odell brought and the explosive plays. And I thought, you know, with Golden Tate, with Sterling Shepard, mm-hmm. and with Evan Ingram. Evan I think Ingram being okay. healthy is the X factor. And then they get whacked. Sterling Shepard breaks his thumb yeah. on the first day. Corey Coleman goes down on the first day. Golden Tate's going to get whacked for four games, possibly. So all of a sudden now, it, Saquon – all of a sudden, his quads have got to do a little bit more of if, the heavy lifting. If you got Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley, the cupboard is full as far as I'm concerned. That's that's yeah, a lot of talent you're guys. running, running and really, out there. really, Evan Ingram is probably the biggest mismatch of them all. You know, I remember being in training camp the last couple of years when they would go to the red zone drill, and it was one-on-ones, and it would be receivers versus corners, and then safeties versus tight ends. Evan Ingram was eating Landon Collins' lunch. Health is the only issue they with, could not with easy cover Ingram. Evan Ingram. Yeah, I'm I'm with you about that one. What do you think the fans is the sense? I asked Spaghetti this as well. Do you get the sense that they want Eli? That they want the tenured guy, the hero of Super Bowls past, uh, or do I, they want to turn the page you to know the what? kid? I, I, I know you don't care, but I it, can't figure out what fans want because they're fickle. You know, for two years, they talked about, we need to draft a quarterback high. What are we doing? What are we doing? The Giants draft a quarterback high, and they boo the kid. I know. That was so Giants mean. Fans, they're I feel like, sad what are we doing? That. I'm like, you've been begging for the Giants to draft a quarterback high two years in a row. And this is the third year in a row the Giants have drafted a quarterback, right? Davis Webb two years ago, then Kyle Lalletta, and now Daniel Jones. And yet they're not happy. 
They, they, the they best, boo the guy. He goes to the Yankees game. He gets booed. The best it's thing. Not a kid's fault. The, the greatest. I mean, the, I'm not making fun of spaghetti. Well, I'm making fun of spaghetti, but uh, of fans in general. The greatest dynamic of like what you do when he's not a three dimensional human being. He's just like a name that you heard, like who's a football man who you're gonna live vicariously through for the next decade. Boo! You took him. Spaghetti. We're in the. We're at the. <laughs> we're at the draft. And the name Daniel Jones is called out. And it, what'd, what'd you do? He almost threw up. He turned white. <laughs> he lost his spaghetti. I just, I just can't believe they did that. And it's oh, it's more it's more to do it's more to do with I, the fact that that um, uh, Josh Allen was still on the board. And yeah. if, if we were committed to Eli, it's like we'll just improve the team running. Like we said before, I mean, we need they need pass rush, and like I mean, guy was the best on the board. Um, and but, nobody <laughs> thought that Josh Allen was going to be there. Exactly. That was the other kicker. Exactly. Like, I, I, yeah. I thought you know, Josh Allen's not going to be there. There's no way he's going to be there. And then he was there, and then they just they, they veered left. I think it's jive this this spin that all of uh, the uh, that all of the regime's pals are saying from the outside. Like he would Daniel Jones would not have been there yeah. if they would have waited for pick fifteen. I think he would have been. <laughs> I think he would have well, been there. Th- th- there was there was I've heard a couple of different reports that that John Elway really liked Daniel Jones. Hmm. And they had the tenth pick. And Daniel Jones would there's would have been gone. He hmm. would have been in Denver. And I guess and, Haskins would have gone. They weren't, yeah, going, they, they weren't going to let the Giants trade back in. They weren't going to give up that pick. And after the Giants took Daniel Jones, immediately after that, Denver traded out of that tenth pick. Well, they also it, supposedly had Devin Bush's name written down and then yeah. backed off of that one at but the But going back to your point, playing quarterback in New York, whether it's the Jets or the Giants, they don't love you till you're gone. I remember talking to Phil Sims about it. He's like, man, Giants fans hated me. They didn't want Phil Sims. He said they didn't start liking me until I was gone, until I retired. That That's when he became a hero. Chad Pennington, case in point, I mean, Jets fans were happy to see him go. And then two years later, they were they, they would have loved to have Chad Pennington back. So that's it's a tough it's a tough position to play, but. I don't think anybody's handled it as well as Eli has. He's been the Derek Jeter of uh, of quarterbacks, and and that position, it's tough. Here's what Giants fans want. They want wins. The Giants fans have not seen a meaningful game in three years. And really, Giants fans are Yankees fans, right? They kind of go hand in hand. Giants fans don't care about games in September because they're watching the Yankees. They're – all right, and, and until the Yankees are eliminated or until the baseball season is over with, that's when Giants fans really start turning their attention. And unfortunately, the last two years, the, the Giants season's, season, over, season's right. been over already. So they want to see meaningful games in November and December. Actually, Spaghetti pushes back on that notion. I always thought that that was the case, but he said, no, no, I know plenty of Yankees <laughs> fans versus Jets. I mean, sure, it's not absolute. But yeah. I, he also contends that the Yankees are bigger than the NFL. There are a few towns in, in America that, that where another sport is bigger than the NFL. Yeah, they, 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 I mean, they, they're in first place in their division, right? Yeah. And, and Yankees fans are still like, man, we're just, we I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean they're, they're they're, yeah, they're they're, they're never, all upset about satisfied. but spaghetti though. Then forty five minutes later, Daniel Jones walks in <laughs> to be an interview. Because, oh, it's a nice to That's meet my guy. Because right. what you see him is that he's a human yeah. being and he's a twenty one year old guy who's so, uh, who should be living the big, biggest yeah. moment of yeah, his life. You know? Never against him, which is no. more just the idea of the roster. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? It, it it felt even to me, it felt like a reach. It felt like man, wow, they really they jumped the shark on that one. Um but the fact that they had a 16th pick in the first round as well, it enabled them to do that. If they didn't, if they didn't have that 16th pick that they got in the Odell trade, I don't think they they, sure. they could do that. 
if they said, look, we only got one bite of the apple the first round. I know, it's a, but it's a little bit, right but it is just to wrap it up. I, I just feel like it's a little bit of an in-between kind of a move to go Daniel Jones. Unless Daniel Jones, it's a little bit like the Philadelphia 76ers and the process. Like how deep down the line are you looking to go here? If you're if you're committed to Eli in 2019, then load up that defense or take yeah. Jonah Williams. Either way, why would you take a QB there unless, and, and even if Daniel Daniel Jones better not just be good. Daniel Jones better have been worth not building up that defense and putting Eli and the Giants of 2019 in the best possible shape to win games this season. Because that now they're in this in-between mode. Yeah. And I wonder if Eli's going to get hung out to drive by Golden Tate uh, being down for four games and uh, and so on and so forth. And then Daniel Jones is put in the position to be a savior, and then they let Eli go think, off into the sunset. It'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. I think up. their schedule actually i mean compared to what they had last year well that's what we talked about a year ago i said they your team is doomed oh, i'm not uh, denigrating yeah. them but they're they'll be lucky to be two and last five. year their schedule i think the first six games i think they had four playoff teams it was miserable and and, and four of those six games i think were prime time it's the worst so one it's the worst one i've ever seen to open national a, tv and it went on for half the season they're, how bad the yeah, games their were, how schedule hard they this year is 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 much is much friendlier um but i, I think the tough conversation is going to be if the Giants make the playoffs this year, this could be – Daniel Jones may not see the field for two years, which now makes it even harder to swallow because if you go on to the playoffs and you make – say you make the playoffs, but you don't go far in the playoffs because you didn't really have a guy to, to win on third down and you got to have that guy. Mm-hmm. You could add somebody that could help you win this year and next year. And if Daniel Jones doesn't play for two years, now it makes it, it, makes it tough to, to swallow that – Wow, we got we drafted a guy six overall that may not take a snap for two years. Um, yeah, I think that, that makes it even tougher. So course, you're the, the the conversation though is well, is he Aaron Rodgers? Because how long did Aaron Rodgers sit for? Three years, maybe four. I, but I know, but I I, I I push back at that. Well, Spaghetti likes to say, "Well, it worked for Aaron Rodgers." That was that's uh, that's kind of the one. That's kind of the one. In it's the twenty first century. He was twenty fourth. Right. He was a 24th pick, so Even you kind of sit on that. If you use but... a first-round pick on a QB, then he starts in the 21st century. This jive about that the Skins might not go with Dwayne Haskins, that would be absurd. Why did you draft him then? Well, the reason why that's a different conversation to me is because Case Keenum is a stopgap guy. I know so he's a stopgap guy. If, what if, what if are Dwayne, you saying to the fan base? Yeah, we're going to go with Case Keenum, who you know well, absolutely is not – well, I mean, I guess he had the Vikings season. If you're season, Jay but. Gruden – do you think you have a leash? No, you got to win some games. So we've and Daniel Snyder too. He knows I, I've got to win some games. So Case Keenum, if Dwayne Haskins is ready, Case Keenum's our guy. If Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins are even, we're starting Dwayne Haskins, and he and he's our go-to guy. It doesn't mean they're going to win games. If Dwayne Haskins starts for the Washington Redskins this season in Week One, they're they're going to lose. The, they're going to be in now, the last place. That's stinking thinking. That's that's twentieth century. It's just realistic. So they have you a know, better chance of winning games with the high-end, big-arm kid Dwayne Haskins than they do Case Keenum. Same thing with, you know, all this Sam, uh, the, the classic uh, transition guy who, oh, he's going to reach his potential at some point, Sam Bradford. That nonsense of throwing him out there instead of the kid the teams do. Down in Arizona, they got it right. Kyler Murray's our guy. He's going to go, and, oh, we'll see. He's going to have some rookie struggles. What, what evidence is there that – 
a guy, especially one who can run away from pressure like that, that negates some of the uh, the nervousness or inability to read defenses or adjust to the speed. He's going to take off with the ball and he's going to he's going to have a, a very productive rookie season. We've seen this happen over and over in the 21st century. You this learn at the knee jive. Do that with a, a, a fourth a fourth yeah. round diamond in the rough. You don't use a first round pick in the 21st century and then bench the guy. So he learns from a, a journeyman they're, like they're Josh all, McCown or they're somebody. All, yeah. I mean, they're all independent case studies because Josh Allen is extremely athletic up in Buffalo and he struggled last year. He was, he ran too much, you know, and then you look at, they drafted Patrick Mahomes. The chiefs moved up. They traded up to get Mahomes, And then he sat that whole year. I know, but I, I, I talked to, you know, I talked to Jeff Schwartz, who's plugged in with his brother, um, and what goes on there. And he said, well, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have been the star like that. You, you, well, that's a, you, you have, uh, the hypothetical on your side. I think they, I, how would we know what Patrick Mahomes would have done a year prior? I bet you he would have been good. Maybe wouldn't have been the MVP of the league, but I bet you he would have been fine. Oh, Andy Reid's offense is too hard. I would have been fine. He's the better talent. That's who you play. He would have made some plays. I don't know if they would have won as many games um, no, they don't have the season Alex they Smith had did that year. I think they, it would have been went, close. They went I to bet the playoffs you. that year. I know. I bet you they yeah. would have been fine because you also know that's the point. That's the that's the that's the end of that conversation to me. Do you think that Case Keenum can win you big games in January? No. Then why would you play him? Isn't the premise now? Unless you're the Dolphins right now, or you know maybe like the Cardinals, but they're they're. I actually think they're gonna that offense will will be productive if nothing else. But barring one or two exceptions in the NFL. Every team, I think, legitimately believes we can, we can go to the playoffs this year. What kind of message is that? Like, yeah, we're going to roll with Case Keenum in September. That, that's, that's if things get dark and bleak. Well, that's when you go to Case You don't put him in as your opening day starter. It, it also matters, though, who you're throwing the ball to. Because who's the number one receiver in Washington? I know, that's it, a problem. It's Jordan Reed. You know, I mean, he, is he healthy? You know, I mean, Nick Foles is going to be a great case study as well. Nick Foles has been phenomenal the last two years in Philly. You put him down in Jacksonville now. Who's he throwing to down there? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I, I'm totally so glad you just mentioned that because there are two big guys off the top of my head that have departed the NFC East and gone elsewhere. I don't know what weird football god voodoo this is, but some guys only are good in certain uniforms, and Nick Foles must be wearing the green. It has no <laughs> makes no matter yeah, who the coach he, is. He was phenomenal under Chip Kelly. He did it with Chip and, Kelly and too. He, and then he leaves and he almost he retires. He like basically stinks everywhere he, he goes. Yeah. Stinks everywhere he goes. Then goes back up. Oh, magic again. I think that uh Jag I, I think the Jags are gonna be a disappointment again this well, year. Well Case Keenum's a good point too because I mean he was with the Rams. Like he was a backup, yeah. career backup. Right. Um, I think he was even in Houston before that, wasn't he? Yeah. The, and he goes out to Minnesota, lights out, goes to Denver, stinks it up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's now, it's now a weird there's a weird thing that happens with that. The other one is so. So you agree that Nick Foles will maybe disappoint ever so slightly? I, I don't know. I think Nick Foles is going to I think he makes Jacksonville better. I mean, he's an immediate upgrade at quarterback. I just don't he doesn't have that kind of the same weapons that he had in Philly. So I don't know if he's going to have the same numbers. But I also think they're going to run a different offense. When you have Leonard Fournette, I think that offense is going He's to go all, through I mean, him. As I always say, take but care of the ball. Nick, Nick Foles never put up huge numbers with or with few exceptions um, in the second regime. But in his first go-around, he did put up big what, numbers. But What Nick Foles is going to bring to Jacksonville, he's going to bring a guy. I mean, he's got the big arm. I mean, they call him Big Nick for a reason. But he is going to bring – Oh, is that bring, the reason? I didn't yeah, know that that was the reason. One, that one of many. He's going to bring a different – 
dimension to that passing game, he's going to make that big throw. He's going to give his receivers and his tight ends a chance to make a big play. I don't think the, I don't think Bortles ever gave him that opportunity. Hmm. Well, I just think the Colts are the perhaps the class of the AFC. That's bad. It's all, all defense uh, division. The, all four def, all four teams in that division have mighty defenses. And so, who's the difference maker? That Houston has Deshaun Watson and uh, New Hopkins yeah. to make some splash plays. The Colts have Marlon Mack, and they have the best quarterback in the division. Uh, well, maybe Deshaun Watson will press that a little bit with Andrew Luck and uh, T.Y. Hilton. But anyway, they don't have – I don't think they have the the skill position players on offense, including Nick Foles, to make a, a two or three difference-making plays over the course of 60 minutes as much as the other teams do in that division. The other one is, speaking of guys who make splash plays – Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, a high-end guy who I don't want to sell out. Maybe he doesn't want me dropping his name here. He said, Odell Beckham will listen to Baker Mayfield. I said, it seems to me, a rookie head coach, never done it before. That's the guy who's got to manage Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield. And he said, Odell's a peacock. They, my experience is, is that peacocks defer to the lion and Baker Mayfield is a lion. Do you agree with that uh, sort of whatever that is, a metaphor he or may, whatever you'd call fine. it? Fine. If we're going to go with that metaphor, he may be a lion, but he's still Simba right now. He's not, you know, he, he's not the king of the jungle yet. I, I think the one thing that people is maybe lost a little bit on Odell Beckham because of the, the flair that he brings. He is a very smart football player. He, he I, I think Baker's listening to Odell more than hmm. Odell's listening to Baker because Odell has done this. He's been doing it a lot longer than Baker has. But Odell will be telling him, hey, man, here's what I'm seeing, and here's how I'm going to bait that safety. I'm going to bait him on the double move by this. So when we get this coverage, he, here's how I feel them playing me. So I, I think that it's not Baker telling, hey, Odell, here's what's going on. Guess what? Odell's been doing this a long time, and he's made a lot of, he's made a lot of big plays, a lot of big catches. So I, I, I think it's not one guy necessarily talking down to the other, one guy listening. I think the, the the one thing that they are going to have in common is that they're both young. They both they both love the flair. They both love the excitement. They love the hype. They're not scared to talk a little trash and and, and back it up. To them, that's not bragging if you back it up. So I, I think that they're going to blossom together with that, you hope. The question I really have is what happens if they don't win games? Well, that's, and, and that's to what me. What happens is, if it's that's week it six and me. you got two wins? Now that does that become the distraction, and now are are you guys still communicating? Because I think Baker, he's not going to shy away if you do mess up. You know where, you know Odell may not be used to that. He may not want to hear that, um, and and that's really where you kind of get Odell's to the point in his career where, you know, he's going to do things his way. He's got the contract. He's got the hype. He's not, you know, he knows what he can do. It's funny because all things that have to on this show have to at some point revert back to Pittsburgh. And uh, that relationship is really ultimately people talk about Juju, the emergence of Juju. And to some degree that is related. It really was that they became, you know, the chemistry of oh, seven loves when the play breaks down. And Antonio Brown knows how to feed that. And he knows how to break off a route and come back and help out his guy, much like San Antonio Holmes was uh, exquisite at doing. Um, those guys can really thrive with a, a guy who gets out of the pocket the way Roethlisberger can. The undoing there was that it was a Antonio Brown at some point is like, here's what you got to do, seven. And he was became too dependent on or or like didn't want to have to deal with the the uh, why didn't you throw the ball to me there, Roethlisberger? I was open. 
and he was running wonky routes and everything. And seven's trying to jam the ball into him because he doesn't want to have to deal with uh, on the sideline or otherwise with, with, uh, with any nonsense. That's really the undoing of it. The last couple of years that started the fracture. That's from everybody on the inside there. Yeah. That's why seven. Th- when you look at it, like why, where was seven throwing the ball there? He sailed the ball. It's always at uh, Antonio Brown. If you go and look at that, it's because if you yeah. watch the all 22, uh, Antonio Brown feels something like feel what I'm doing Roethlisberger and he couldn't and, and seven at some point who's as good an improviser a QB as there is couldn't accommodate that I can't wait to see how that goes in Oakland how seven does when he can spread it around a little bit I can't wait to see how Baker Mayfield and Odell Beck and uh, Odell do I'm excited for football Sean O'Hare that's what I'm excited yeah, for. yeah it's back and, and and not only is it back but we're, we're celebrating 100 years mm-hmm. of the NFL too so I mean it, it's it's a great season to, because we're going to look forward to all the games, but we're also going to get a chance to kind of look back at, at, at all the stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, to your point about AB and Ben, things got petty, you know, and I don't know how you let things get petty. Because seven didn't want to. Men. Because seven did Here's as I understand it, and I've talked to a ton of people who are close to it, and they say that it really, the root of it is that, is that, is that at some point, you know, the much ballyhoo, these guys are on the same page. He just knows where he's going to be in the in the moment. He can just put it up and he knows where 84 is going to be. At some point, that became detrimental rather than uh, beneficial to that relationship. This this thing, first of all, I need you know, I need my targets. I'm your main guy. And rightly so. He could have been the MVP two years ago had he not hurt his leg against the Patriots, Antonio yeah. Brown. Still, if you look at the plays, you can see that Roethlisberger is trying to jam it in. He's trying to read him, you know, while large human beings are trying to tackle him. He's trying to see what 84 is doing against his better judgment. Um, It got petty, but Roethlisberger didn't want to call him out publicly. And then he made that one comment, and then that's where it blew up. Right, which is, to me, it's great when we are improvising and all of a sudden, and look, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw the ball up there and you're going to make a great play and we're both going to look like geniuses. It's great when it works, but there is not a quarterback that has played this game that wants to do that 16 weeks because they know that at some point it's going to bite you in the butt and it's going to cost you games and it's, and, and it's going to make you look bad. And that's not, you can't play backyard football 16 weeks. And that's what was going on from what I've mm-hmm. heard. That's right. Antonio Brown, that Wi-Fi connection, it was, it was, a that's three, ex- it was 3G. You know, it was and we've heard the same things, yes. Um, and you, look, you, you'll deal with it early on. See, and it happens a couple of times, but you win games. All right, hey, look, we'll get over. But we can't, we can't keep doing it. By the time week 15, 16, 17, and now we need a, w- a playoff win. We, we got to find a way to get a, a big win. You can't have that. You can't do it. Well, they did solve that, and they won that game against the Patriots, and then they did beat the Saints, except yeah. for a bad call with two so minutes to go. I the just, story would be completely different. Can if it I just hadn't get this out real quick? You can and, get and, whatever out you want. The, the 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 crazy thing to me is that Antonio Brown claims that man our his relationship was fractured with Ben and man no we're not talking Ben claims he reached out to him AB didn't talk to anybody AB didn't show up that last week didn't talk to anybody didn't answer the phone when Mike Tomlin called him that's right had his agent talk so he doesn't communicate he goes non non communicado with everybody on that team I'm done he basically broke it off but then he goes and signs with the Raiders and immediately. His boys with Dcar. Now all of a sudden they're talking. They're they're best friends and they're having they're communicating. Even the 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 linebacker they, they signed the linebacker from the Bengals. Fontes, right? yeah. Fontes, perfect. Who tried to kill him? He tried to end his life 
I mean, I thought he had actually succeeded in that and endeavor they asked, in hey, the moment and they when asked, you looked you, at him. Is there going to be any beef between you guys, you know, from, from your previous? Oh, no, we're cool. We'll bury the hatchet. So you can bury the hatchet with a guy who tried to end your life, but you're not going to be able to, to make men's and, and, and bury the hatchet with a guy who helped you become Mr. Well, Big because if you can go through life and you have the benefit of being a great talent and people will want you somewhere in your profession, you can treat things in relationships like an Etch-A-Sketch and just uh, start a uh, start anew until things get sideways and then you can do it again and move on, like kind of like the second half of T.O.'s career. Yeah. I think to kind of round it out back to Eli, especially in the pressure cooker of New York City, I think there's some human message to be sent to people about I'm not good at doing this. I wish I could be more comport myself like Eli Manning. Man, he is a metronome. Man, he mm. just doesn't. He, unlike all the other guys who have Super Bowl rings, easy. He just sort of breezy yeah. guy. Yeah, like well, we'll sell you Daniel yeah. Jones. I'll help him out. How many how many guys would want to do that? You know what? There's times where you wish that he would be a little more demonstrative. Hey, you know what? Go ahead and mf that guy. Like you know what? How many times is he gonna mess up and make you look bad before you you know get on him? But that's just. And by the way, see that the the backyard that goes back to the other thing we were saying viscerally as a fan, you lit you love that backyard like that broke down sure, and our it's our guy's the only guy who could do it yeah. and when it's surgical like it is with Drew Brees and Tom Brady it's hard to connect with as a fan you like the result you like your team holding yeah. the Lombardi but that's why I suspect when you know 25 30 years from now I went, I guess we'll have more we'll, we'll only have more respect for what the Patriots did but there still isn't that visceral like uh like John Facenda voicing uh, Tom Brady highlights would not be as good as him voicing Raiders uh, highlights or uh, or you know Steel Curtain highlights or Doomsday like a it'll Tom be, Brady. It'll it's be more a, more documentary than than drama, right? Yeah, that's basically yeah. it. Although paradoxically, they've also played in some of the greatest postseason games you've ever seen. That's it's, what's weird. You think they're boring? Drama. You think they're boring? Yeah. Ah, they're so yeah. so that no, almost all of their games are iconic ones. Ten, that, year, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, we'll talk about. Yeah, we watch Brady in his prime. We'll talk about him like we talk about Jordan. Only if the the the, the one asterisk, and it's not an insignificant one, is if they. Don't skip a beat the year after he retires. That will dent his legacy. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Okay, you don't know. You don't know. Matt Castle no. went eleven and five. Yeah, and that's they, the one. That's and, the and he's then, the and, human. And, and then they lost in the playoffs. They didn't even get to the playoffs. Oh, there you go. They didn't even go to the postseason. Sean O'Hara. Mm. See, I I can contribute something mm. to these conversations. All right. Hey, by the way, congratulations on baby, and uh, mm. also congratulations on the new hairdo. Don't think oh. I didn't notice. I think we've got a little oh, yeah, new little side part. Thing. Yeah. yeah, that's nice yeah, for you. Changing up. Yeah, the wife likes it. She loved it. That's really? the reason why I, stu- I stuck with it. My son, I would you know comb his hair after a bath or shower, and he always you know he would say, "Why don't, why do you comb my hair different?" Mm-hmm. So I said, "All right, I'll I'll do a, uh, I'll do a part. We'll look the same." Esprit de corps, boy. And when wifey signs off on it, she says, "Oh, I like it. Yeah, it makes you look younger." Oh yeah, <laughs> you're hipping now, O'Hara. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Uh, excellent stuff as always. <laughs> there he goes, everybody. The great Sean O'Hara. Uh, we're talking about hairdos. Let's talk about and Connect Four. Let's uh, get out that Connect Four, and I'll teach you a lesson or five or four because it'll be four in a row. But I could Connect Five on you. Oh man, I I found that conversation just uh just delightful spaghetti.
Sean's the best because not only does he talk O-line, which is something that not a ton of media members could really dive into, but there's so much negativity towards the Giants specifically lately, last three seasons like Sean was talking about, and he's the one guy that actually makes very good points to fight back in combat like, oh, the Eli stinks and gives you actual reasons why the Giants have been struggling. So he seems positive. I'm kind of positive outside of this wide receiver news, but he was uh, he was great. I'm glad whenever uh, then Sean again, joins. then again, uh, objective enough. Even though they're the arch nemesis for you guys, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. He's yeah. singing songs about what he's seeing yeah, there from uh, from Wentz and company. I'm 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 afraid. I'm much more afraid of them than the the Cowboys. I think Wentz is a clear MVP shot. Their roster is pretty low to top to bottom. They'll they'll be tough, but I can't imagine how they how they aren't really really good. One of the best teams in the NFL. FC this year, I would say they're top two or three right now. Uh, the only holes he could poke, I mean, is like he said, Peters is still playing at elite level. He is older. If he's he old and Wentz and Wentz can't stay healthy or hasn't stayed healthy, yeah. Yet, the, so. the, obviously, with the ACL stuff, I mean, you don't want to hear about a back injury because backs, I think, last your entire career. But I, I mean, if he's looking good in camp, he's a he's a big body guy. I mean, he has a great arm. I, I yeah, it stinks to say, but they're going to be good. Well, uh, either way, uh, great times with uh, with our pal O'Hare, and now you hear why he is a uh, DDFP Studio 66 Wall of Famer. We'll be back uh, later on for you as uh, football season, the games that actually matter. I know the preseason's fun, but remember, just a lie to your eyes. Don't get uh, don't get swayed by what you're seeing out there too hard. What you know in your brain before the preseason games began is probably true. Anyhow, we'll be back with more Hooey and Applesauce later on. Presented by Zaxby's. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.